Welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. We're going to get in the Word this morning. If you have your Bibles, we can turn to, uh, to Luke 17, Luke 17, 11 through 19. <clears throat> amen. Y'all let me know when y'all have it. Y'all, y'all give me a, a good Amen. Not a sleepy amen. I feel like y'all, I feel like y'all already are full on turkey or something. Like y'all ready to go to bed. <laughs> What's going on? We're going we're, we're to have some good food this week. Amen. All right. Control yourselves. All right. Control yourselves. You know, uh, God, can, God can work it out in, in you if you just trust in him. Luke 17, 11 through 19. This is what it says. It says, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they, as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face and Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where, where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Amen. Today's sermon, I've entitled it Grateful for the Difference. And we're going to kind of unpack that uh, a little bit throughout the sermon. I wanted to give a message today that um, would probably end up being the, the topic of, of this week anyways, which is Thanksgiving. Um, once again, if you were here last night, you saw the kids, uh, you know, the, take over the service. And, and the theme, the theme was uh, the art of, of gratitude. And so I, I gave a word on, on what it meant to be, you know, grateful. I don't want to be too redundant today. Uh, so instead of focusing on the fact that we should be grateful, I hope most adults know that we should be appreciative of things. Um, I want to kind of focus a little bit on what it is that we should be grateful for in the first place. I did a, if you were here last night, I did a, uh, an illustration where I brought three, three kids up here on the stage. Melissa talked about it a little bit. Um, and I, I attached note cards to, uh, to the kids, which contained some attributes of, of things that they should be uh, grateful for. You know, one of them had good looks, um, health, uh, you know, insurance. He had like uh, V-Bucks. V that's, that's what the kids are you know, that's like the, the virtual currency in Fortnite, I guess. I, and it's getting weird. Weird times we're living in. Um, some kids had more than, than others, right? Um, but the, the point was really uh, to focus on, on not so much of the things that, that we don't have, not so much on, on what other people have, but what we do have. That was kind of the, that was kind of the focus of, of that illustration, even in the bad situations um, even when we don't have everything, there is still always something that we can give God thanks for, right? That might take a little bit of a positive mindset, um, but it's possible. And I don't doubt that this week, some of you might be going out of town. You might be getting together with, with family. Maybe you do that once or twice a year. Um, and, you know, your, your family might drive you crazy, but you're probably going to go around the, the dinner table saying what you're thankful for. We, we do that a lot um, at, at my family's house. And you might, you might say thank you. Thank you for your, your family, even though they drive you crazy, right? Your kids, uh, you might give thanks for your health, your job, things like that, the roof over your head. Um, it'll be a time where you probably won't want to give God thanks for 
all the extra stuff that he's allowed you to have, uh, which is probably smart because I was thinking about this. I remember being in second, second grade and there was this kid named Quentin Jones, Quentin Jones. I, I still remember his full name. That, that tells me that I, I still have a little bit of bitterness in my, in my heart. I got to, I got to pray. Uh, but, but Quentin Jones, he was this, he was this kid and I was like obsessively annoyed with him all the time. Like I couldn't stand him because he was so, he was so arrogant. He was extremely arrogant. Second grade me did not, he, he couldn't stand him. Um, it wasn't the fact that he was, he was wealthy. His parents were wealthy. Um, he, he, uh, he was like this child rising actor star. He, he appeared in a commercial and he was about to get his own TV show, uh, which actually didn't end up working out. Praise God. You know, uh, God says, vengeance is mine. I will avenge. Don't worry about anything. <laughs> it wasn't the fact that I was jealous, okay, of, of Quentin. It was the fact that he was just so arrogant about everything. One day in class, it was a week before Thanksgiving, and our teacher goes around the, the room asking us what we're thankful for. And, you know, you have some kids, one girl says, you know, for her dog, and, um, you know, another kid says, like, Star Wars or something like that. They get to Quentin Jones, and he takes, like, a minute and a half to go through all the things that, that he's got in his life. He's like, well, I'm thankful for all the talent that I have um, as an actor. And I, I, I was just in this commercial and, and I'm about to get my own TV show. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for all the money that my parents, I, I kid you not. He's saying all these things. He says, I'm thankful for my, for my dad's Porsche that he just bought. He promised he was going to give to me when I turned 18. And my, my eyes are rolling so far behind the back of my head. I feel like I'm going to have a, a seizure or something. And and they, they get to me. I don't know what to say. I, I feel like I'm going to have to make something up. Like, like it's, a, it's, a, it's a competition for me at this point. So I had to change the game. I remember I had to change the game. Because um, my, my dad didn't drive a Porsche. He, he drove a, a, a nice truck. My, my, my mom, you know, she, she drove a Suburban. We didn't live in a mansion. We, we were okay, but nothing compared to Quentin Jones, right? So instead of going material... I went patriotic. I said, uh, I'm just thankful to live in a country where we're free. Mic drop. <laughs> that, was, that was, you know, the teacher was like, wow, what a great answer, Ryan. I was like, yeah, take that, Quentin Jones. So anyways, it's probably not a good idea to, you know, when, when they get to you during Thanksgiving, you don't got to go through all the stuff that God has given you, you know, just to boast, right? Just the necessities are, are good to be thankful for, right? Um, Anyways, this passage that we just read this morning, I think it's, it's really powerful for more reasons than we realize. You know, the fact that this one man went back to say thank you to Jesus, that's not the focal point uh, of this story. It's who this man was versus who the other nine were. These ten men, they had some sort of disease. The Bible calls them lepers. That doesn't necessarily, means, uh, that, doesn't necessarily mean that they had leprosy. It just they, they had some type of um, un- undiagnosed disease. Skin disease. And whenever you had that, because they didn't know what you had, they would keep you away from society. And so that was what these 10 men were, were struggling with. And, and they see Jesus. And I want to dissect this passage a little bit. I love diving deep into scripture. Man, there's always, there's always much more than, than uh, what meets the eye. The Bible says that Jesus encounters these 10 men at a distance. At a distance. Someone say at a distance. In theology, there is, there's this concept called common grace which refers to God's grace as it extends 
uh, to, to all humanity, not just, not just the children of God. This is both the good and the evil, the, the, the children of God and the children of evil. And, um, you know, so it, it's, it's not just saving grace. It's, it's, all, it's God's grace as he chooses to give to everybody. Um, and Matthew talks about it. He says, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. That's God's grace, right? He sends the rain on the just and the unjust. Luke says, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. So everyone is a product of God's common grace, whether you're close to God or you're standing at a distance from God. But it's interesting to me that even those who stand at a distance from God, sometimes they still want to call out to God, like just in case. It's kind of like when you save a, a number to your, to your phone, you're probably never going to call it. You, you haven't sent them a, a single text message. You've, you've never called them before, but just in case, right? We kind of like to keep God on the reserves sometimes. Right. Just in case there's an emergency. So maybe you come to church just when you need something. Maybe you 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 get on your knees and you, you pray a prayer to God only when when you're in need. Maybe you keep God close only when the enemy is close. But when the enemy starts to back off, then you begin to keep some space between you and God. Let me tell you, church, that will only ever get you so far. Because you might be cleansed in the moment you might receive uh, a healing, you might receive some type of miracle because you're a product of God's common grace, but it's not going to take you to eternity. The Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. Once again, God might deliver you whenever you call. He might heal you because that's just God's nature. He's a gracious God. But the moment you, you start to go back to the way that things were before and you, you begin to keep your distance again, you're basically telling God, God, I am grateful for my healing. I'm grateful for the miracle that you did in my life, but I'm really not that grateful for you. That's just the reality of it. And that's exactly what happens here in this passage. These 10 men, they're standing at a distance and they see Jesus passing by and they see an answer in Jesus. They see an opportunity for them to call out to Jesus because they, they've heard some things about this Jesus. I, I just, you know, I like to picture how it went down. They probably see Jesus walking by with his disciples, his posse, and the 10, the 10 lepers are over here. They're like, wait, is that, is that, is that him? Is that Jesus? Man, I've heard some things about Jesus. He can, he can like, he spits in people's eyes and they can see like some crazy stuff like that. He does some weird stuff. He raises dead men to life and we got to get in on that. So they see an answer in Jesus, and they start calling out to him, Hey, Jesus! Hey, bro! Hey! Hey, come on, look at me! I need some help! Help me! I don't know why this reminds me of a... Of a uh, you know, anytime when we were kids, we would go out on, on uh, um, road trips, and anytime we would see a, an 18-wheeler pass by, we would always do these little numbers right here. Did y'all do that, or was that just me? Okay. Was that just me? No? Okay, okay, okay. I, like, I... I, sometimes I feel like, man, we're, we're so white, man. Like, I feel like this is a white thing, you know. Mexicans are like, what? I don't do, we don't do that. But anytime we would, we would see these, these 18-wheelers, we'd, just, we'd be working it. Come on, come on, just do it. Just, just honk your horn, honk your horn. And, and sometimes they would, right? Burn. And it was like, it was like the, a, a mini victory for everybody in the car. We would all celebrate. And we're like, yeah, you know, he, he listened to me. Other times they would just keep on going. They, did, they, they were just kind of jerks about it. Um, but all of a sudden, I don't know, wh- I don't know where this came from, but I, I, I started feeling sorry for the truck drivers because I, I could care less who was behind the wheel 
All I saw was a big white 18-wheeler, and I was like, oh, man, I, we can hear the horn. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. But so I, I stopped doing it out of nowhere because I, 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 like, I had conviction. I, it was weird. Like, I didn't, I didn't care who was behind the wheel. I just wanted to hear, you know, what he had to offer. And that's kind of like what these 10 men did. They see an answer. They see an opportunity. They see this kind of 18-wheeler passing by, and they're like, hey, Jesus, come on. Give me an answer. Give me a healing. And the 10 men, the Bible says that they go. Jesus says, hey, go to the priest and you will be cleansed. In those days, they had to go to the the priest. Um, He was to deem them okay to go back into society. And it tells me that they didn't care about the nature of Jesus. I mean, they, they, they... all they saw was an opportunity. All they saw was, was an answer to get what they want. They didn't care who was behind the miracle. They didn't care about Jesus being who he said that he was, the son of God. He, to them, he was, just, he was just a healer. And so they go and they receive their healing. And I imagine they're, they're all hyped up because, you know, they're no longer going to be outcasts. They're no longer going to be sick. But then the Bible says that, that nine out of ten of those men, they continue to keep God at a distance. They don't come back. They just get what they want, and they leave. I'm sure that they're grateful for their healing. I'm, I'm sure if they were to find Jesus walking in the street, they might, you know, stop him and say, hey, hey, you know, thank you for that one time. But the Bible talks about this one man, this one man. He decides to return, and he, he returns not just to say, hey, thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. The Bible says that he fell at his, at, at, on his face at the feet of Jesus, giving God praise. This man had a realization that the 90% didn't have. He recognized the source of gratitude, the source. Listen to this. You got, you got to understand this. Being a child of God isn't just about knowing what you're grateful for. It's about knowing where that gratitude comes from in the first place. See, the other nine men, you know, they, they were grateful for their healing, but this one man, it went deeper for him. He wasn't just grateful for the healing. He was grateful for the one who gave him the healing. He recognized the source. Church, are you recognizing the source of everything that you have in your life? That's the difference. That's the difference, and that's why I entitled this message, Grateful for the Difference. There's a difference between those who keep God at a distance and those who keep God close. The one who keeps God near have, have the privilege of saying what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians. I don't have it up here, but it says, For I have learned to be content in whatever situation that I am in. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need because I know that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The one who keeps God at a distance can't say that. If things aren't good for him, then then he's got nothing to be thankful for. If things aren't working in his life, there's nothing to give God praise over. But but see, the children of God, man, we we don't just look at what we have. We look at at the source of everything that we've had in the past, everything that we currently have, and everything that we will have in the future as a product of being a, a child of the living king. That's the difference. I am grateful for the difference. I'm grateful that I can rejoice even when there is no superficial reason to rejoice. Because as a child of God, I'm not looking at the superficial. I'm looking at the supernatural. I'm looking at the source. You're with me, right? Let's go back to verse 17. I want to read this here. 
I'm having a hard time reading my notes, man. I am just getting old, brother. But I'm still grateful for the source. It says, then Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Where's everyone else? Was no one found to return and give God praise except this foreigner? Just as one. See, most people, we don't like being the minority, right? It, it's, it's not fun. We don't like being the unpopular. But as children of God, that's often what, what ends up happening. Jesus says that, that there's a road. It's, it's very narrow. Very few find it. But that road leads to life. There's also another road that is very broad and is very easily to, to walk on. And, and everybody finds it, but it leads to destruction. And so you're probably walking on that narrow road. And, and when you gather with your friends or your family, you're the minority. You're the only one that sees the hand of God when, when no one else does. You're the only one that's giving God praise and thanks for everything in your life. When you're about to eat lunch, you're the one who stops to pray for, for, for your food. Because even though everyone else has a reason to be grateful, you know who the source of that provision is. Church, don't be, don't be ashamed of being the minority, man. Rejoice in it. Just because, just because you're the one out of ten to return and give God praise doesn't mean that you're wrong. This passage, it represents a little bit more than, than I think we might realize. You know, there are so many verses in the Bible that talk about how his own people, Jesus' own people, would reject him. One of, one of the most heartbreaking ones for me is, is, is John 1.11, which, which says, He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. And this passage is, is just a representation of that rejection. The nine men who did not return were Jewish, were Jewish men. They were Jewish. And Jesus kind of seems to be surprised when they didn't return. He's like, was no one, was no one found to return and give God praise for their healing except this foreigner? Where, where are my people? Where are the people that should be here giving me praise? The Jews rejected Jesus. And they're a clear example of those who just wanted a superficial Jesus. They, they wanted the healing they wanted the provisions, they wanted the miracles, but they didn't, they didn't want the Savior. And, and they saw Jesus as he was walking by, and they recognized his power, maybe his wisdom, but they rejected his divinity. And so they just took what he could give them. But the Samaritan man, he becomes the, the exception. If you know anything about the Samaritans, they were despised uh, by, by the Jewish people. Um, in the Bible, if you, if you uh, can remember um, the scene from the woman of the well, um, Jesus is speaking to the Samaritan woman, and she's surprised that he's even speaking to her. And he says, I mean, some, if someone sees us talking, you're going to get in trouble. Like, don't you know that, that the Jews and the Samaritans, they don't, they don't have any dealings. What are you doing speaking to me? They were considered inferior by, by the Jewish people. But just like the Samaritan woman received, received Jesus, so did this. Samaritan man. And for the Samaritan man, for all he knew, he wasn't, he wasn't attached to the promise of Abraham. He wasn't, he wasn't from God's own people. He'd be lucky if Jesus even listened to his request to be healed in the first place. The Jews, they thought it was like their right. Like in Jesus, they had like universal health care or something. And so when the Samaritan gets included in that bunch, and he gets a healing, it means more to him. It means more. 
Because he wasn't a child of the promise for, for what he knew. He wasn't a Jew. So it meant more. Have you ever received something from someone that made you feel like guilty of receiving it? You're like, oh, I can't accept this. Because you feel like, you, you just feel like you just don't deserve it. You just don't deserve it. I remember my first Christmas as a, as a married man. I was at my in-law's house. And we were doing, you know, the gift exchange. And, and uh, um, you know, I, I, was, I was the only one there that wasn't a part of the immediate family. And so I, I know that I was in the family, but it still kind of felt weird. I don't know if it felt weird your, your first time being a part of the family. Um, and, and, and so I, I received a gift from my in-laws. And it's, on the tag, it said, love mom and dad. And I, I looked back real quick. I was like, Juan and Annette, what, what are they doing here? You know? uh, and it, 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 it was a moment that truly made me feel like I was, I was a part of the family. And I know all the other kids were, were grateful, but I don't know, for some reason I felt like in that moment, it just, it meant more to me because I wasn't an Aguilar and I was still being treated as one. Um, by the way, t- testimony, my wife is no longer an Aguilar. <laughs> After six years of marriage, she finally decided that I was the one that she was going to be with the rest of her life. And, um, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm also kind of sad, man, because Layla and I, we had a lot of fun with it. We would, uh, we would be playing in, in Layla's room, and, and we would put a sign on the door that said, Cantu's only. <laughs> and so Melissa would try to come out, come in, and we're like, hey, no, no, change your name. And so now we can't, now we can't have that, that fun. Uh, but anyway, so in the same way that, that receiving a gift, it meant a little bit more to me because I wasn't an Aguilar, it also meant... More to the Samaritan because he wasn't a Jew. And he was, he was just as undeserving. Church, we are so undeserving of even God's common grace. Do you know that? I mean, we, we don't deserve for God to rise the sun on us uh, every morning. We don't deserve it. That, especially the, the saving grace of God. I love the song Reckless Love, man. Because it, it says, I, I don't deserve it. I couldn't earn it. Still, you're giving yourself away. There's nothing that I could do. There's no social group that I could be a part of that would ever make me worthy of anything that I receive from God. But Jesus makes it so easy for us where all we have to do is recognize the source of our gratitude and we will be saved. I'm I'm about to finish. I want to end with this last verse here. Verse 19. It says, and he said to, to him, Jesus says to the Samaritan man, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. All right. That's not the greatest translation of what's really being said there. I want to I just kind of teach for a second. That phrase, made you well, is one Greek word, uh, sozo, which means saved. The man was, he, he was already healed. He already had his healing. It was by faith. And he goes and, and he believes the words that, that, that Jesus gives to him and the, ten, to the nine others. That if they just go and, and show themselves to the priest, they're, they're going to be saved. That, that was faith. But, but this man, he decides to come back. And, and now, when he comes back, he receives a different kind of healing. Now, this is a spiritual cleansing that so many of us pass by because we don't recognize the source of everything that we have in our lives. Some people just recognize what they have, man, but they don't recognize the source. 
But I believe that we've got some people in here this morning who will rise up and give God thanks, not just for what they've got, but for the one who gave it to them in the first place. That's the difference. And that difference is what makes us well. That difference is what gets us saved, church. Where even we don't, when we don't have hope, we still have hope. Right? I mean, even, even when we don't have strength in those most strenuous, strenuous situations, God is, God is there to uphold us. Even when there is no healing, even when there is no miracle, we, we still recognize the source of the grace that we've been given. I am grateful for that difference, church. And this morning, I just wanted to point our gratitude to the source, not to the things, not to the things that we have, but to the one who gives it to us, man. May we never forget what we have in Christ Jesus. And that, that's all I wanted to, to say this morning. I, I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to bring a message of, of gratitude because I know, I know we're grateful. I know we say thank you to, to, to Jesus every day. Um, but sometimes we forget where that source lies. Sometimes we, we're so caught up in, in what we have and what we don't have. But what we have in Christ is so much greater than what we could ever have here on earth because we have salvation in him. You have been made well because you decided to go back and look at everything that you have and say, Jesus, I thank you for my life. The man without you doesn't have life. The man, my friends who don't recognize you, they, they still have their life. They still have their, you know, all, all their possessions and, and maybe their lives are good, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here every day thanking you because I know where all of this comes from. Thank you. And so I'm going to ask us to stand this morning. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.